Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to You Come First with me, Megan Barton Hansen. You may know me from the 2018 series of Love Island. Since before Love Island, I've always had a passion for women's rights and interests. So I'm here to tell you everything you need to know when it comes to putting yourself first. Whether this be in a relationship, in the bedroom, your career or your mental health. I've called in friends from around the world for an intimate, unfiltered conversation that will change your life forever. Expect lots of laughter, a few tears and for the penny to finally drop as we discuss the most taboo and private topics. I'm here to get brutally honest. When will you realise that you come first? The best way to listen to this podcast is on the Entel app because while you're listening, behind the scenes, photos, links and exclusive content will appear. It's spelled E-N-T-A-L-E. So go download it now and check it out. On today's episode of You Come First, I'm talking to Jacqueline Gold, the CEO of retail brands Ann Summers and Knickerbox. Jacqueline is by far one of the most interesting women I've ever met, so I can't wait to speak to her later. She joined the family business at just 19 doing work experience and by the time she was 21, she'd managed to persuade an all-male board to invest in her radical idea to reinvent the Ann Summers brand and start selling lingerie and sex toys to women. Anne Summers now has over a hundred high street shops and a multi-million pound turnover. Hi Jacqueline. Hey Megan. How Hi. are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. It's so good to see you. I know, it's been forever, hasn't it? It has. <laughs> How have you been finding the lockdowns? Oh, it's been crazy. Although I had my jab recently, but it it's been it's just been crazy. I mean I've Part of me is really like working from home, but, you know, I just think we're so done with it now. I think we're just all sort of desperate to get some normality back. Yeah, the third one is pushing it now. There's only so many activities at home you can do. I've done baking, I've done home workouts. I'm so over it now. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you so much for coming on here. Your story is so inspiring. And I think everybody knows Anne Summers. It's in every high street. But no one really knows the absolute icon behind Anne Summers and how you transformed it. So I think it's great to get you on here. And I wanted to start at the beginning. So first of all... I was like researching before our chat and I never realised you were so shy growing up. Yeah, I was, I was painfully shy, painfully shy, even when I, when I first started the business. And, you know, I think it's, 
I think it's important to say I don't think we're born shy. I believe, um, based on my own experience, because I obviously don't feel shy now, I think that, you know, there is a lot of it that is to do with our environment. I was an only child till I was seven and, you know, my mum was really protective and I just think things were very different then. And I also think it's important to say that just because you're, you know, if you think you are shy, this is not a reason not to pursue your dreams if if you want to start a business or you have other ideas. I, you know, I remember, for example, you know, taking my idea to the board and walking down this long corridor, and I was only 21 at the time, and walking into this room full of grey-suited um, grey suited men. And, um, in fact, one board member actually threw his pen down on the table and said, well, this isn't going to work, is it? Women aren't even interested in sex. So, you know, it's about pushing yourself out of your comfort zone if you really feel passionate about something, which I did. Um, and And really, you know, having belief in yourself and your idea. Yeah, I think that's it. I think a lot of people are, like you say, you're not born shy. It's just how you get brought up or different life experiences, I guess. But I'm for sure the same. I think I would never have stepped foot on a TV show if I hadn't pushed myself previously to that, doing things that frightened me, I guess. But then you grow as a person. But you must have been so scared and petrified to walk into that boardroom, like you said, with all older men and talking about something that was so taboo back then no one really spoke about female pleasure and to have that idea you were so brave what what do you think drove you to do it how did you get over the nerves and the fear and the shyness and just go and do it well I think first of all I felt so passionate about my idea you know uh, we're talking back now in the early 80s you couldn't buy sexy underwear in the high street like you can today you know I imagine most of the people listening on 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 this on this podcast you know won't realize perhaps the sort of crusade almost that i've been on and i think it was just that passion and seeing that actually women did want to take control of their sex lives you know i actually think success can come at any age i think it's about having having the courage i mean you talked about you know having the courage to step outside your comfort zone and also the the desire if if opportunity if an opportunity comes your way like it did mine when i when i attended my first party it's it's about you know being brave enough to try something to try something new new and then i think it's you know all down to having that focus and resilience that that i've always had and i think that's so interesting because like looking at you now how successful you are you would never dream that you was growing up painfully shy. So I think it's a really great inspiration and helpful for people to hear that, that if you do push past the awkwardness, the shyness and the nerves, you can really get somewhere. Uh, I also read that you've always been entrepreneurial. At the age of 13, you were designing crosswords and selling them for 50p. So that leads me on to my next question. Do you think you were born with like a business brain and you're like a certain person that is very driven and focused on like earning money like I was and I think that's what got me over my nerves and my shyness to because I really wanted to better myself I guess but do you think you have to have this business brain or do you think if you've like you said if you've got a passion at any age you can start a business well I think it you know it's a combination of, of a few things I think first of all I had a very very difficult childhood um you know I was sexually abused by my stepfather and um, this was around the age of 12. My mother was very protective in a 
contradictory sort of way sort of kept me indoors so I didn't um you know it's a bit of a controlling environment and I think for me financial independence was my almost my way of escape so once I started uh working and doing Saturday jobs and I mean I worked as a hairdresser um I I worked in a restaurant I, I did all of those things and actually it does when you get that independence it does start to um, you boost your confidence. Obviously, I did the crossword puzzles, and I am a mean Scrabble player right now. <laughs> um, so um, I think you know sometimes adversity can play a part because it drives you to, you know, to to better your circumstances and get yourself a better life. But I I I do believe that you know success can come at any age, and it's never too late. And I think if you've got passion for something you're going to be really good at it. I mean, that, you know, I I talk about that when I talk to, you know, teenagers and their sort of careers, you know, uh, pick something that you're good at, pick something that you're going to love and enjoy. Um, and particularly in this environment, you know, pick something that uh, is, is, is going to sit with our new world going forward. Yeah. That's the thing. It's been such a tough time on so many people losing jobs and stuff. I think you really have got to be passionate about what you do. Oh, OK. This was really interesting and you touched on it earlier. So I think for a lot of people my generation, they just assume that there's been and Summers on the high street. Like from a kid, I remember it's on every single high street and it's almost like a coming of age thing. Like when you get your first boyfriend and you're with your girls, you'll go in there and pick underwear out together and stuff. But before, when you was doing work experience for Anne Summers, it was a completely different brand, wasn't it? It was more focused on men and there was nothing like this for women on the market. I mean, you just wouldn't believe it, Megan. I mean, it was very male dominated. Most of the, the customers in the stores were men. It was a really clinical environment. The product was aimed at men, you know, and I remember I was doing some work experience for Anne Summers and I walked into their Tottenham Court Road store uh, um, when it when we had it and I just felt so uncomfortable because it was like the customers were almost they were like the raincoat brigade you know the sort of <laughs> that type of that type of sort of and I thought this isn't right you know women want to spice up their sex lives and um, take control in the bedroom and we wouldn't be seen dead in some of the lingerie that was on offer because it was chosen by men and I thought you know the there is an opportunity to change this. Um, so, yeah, the product was incredibly different. And, you know, by going to that very first party I went to actually in Thamesmead, you know, I got talking to the women at that party and I realised that actually, you know, whereas men thought that women and still some men still think that women only wear sexy underwear to turn them on, but actually, women were wearing sexy under want to wear sexy underwear to for themselves because it makes them feel sexy and confident. Um, so you know, it was it was quite liberating. So you know, I thank you for all those women that have proved that board member who threw his pen down at me for proving him wrong because um, you know we the women in the last forty years have literally driven this culture change, which you know is something I'm really proud of. Yeah, it's been amazing. And I bet that guy who like slammed his pen down and said women didn't enjoy sex is like, oh my God, mortified. I bet he never owns up that that was him. 
<laughs> Probably not. So bad. I think it says a lot about his sex life, to be honest. Oh, it's, oh it definitely does. <laughs> so it's amazing. Not only have you allowed women to feel liberated and come in and feel comfortable in a shop where they can buy underwear and sex toys and it's not seedy like some of the shops that you go in and I've been in some and it's almost intimidating how like clinical they are and like you said very male oriented and towards like men um but the party idea is absolutely amazing so how did you come up with the Anne Summers party idea? So I was working at Anne Summers for work experience and by chance I was invited to uh you a, a company called Pippa D it was like a clothes party like Tupperware, but but clothes. And I went to these this party, and and I remember sort of drawing. One of the games was drawing a picture of my husband's meat and two veg on a piece of paper on top of my head. Um, and I remember thinking, actually, this is not quite how I imagined my career starting. But the women at the party, they knew that I was doing work experience at Ann Summers, and they're going, you know, why don't you do parties? Do Ann Summers parties? We want to be able to go, and we want you know, we want to choose what we want to buy. And, and I started doing these parties for my friends. And it was amazing seeing the women at the parties passing the toys around like this, sort of giggling and nervously curious. But, and of course, today, how things have changed, women are so much more confident, so much more product aware and knowledgeable. Um, but it, it, you know, it, it really has driven a change. And what I've also noticed is that during lockdown, we've had thousands and thousands of women join us just to sort of supplement the family income or protect their sort of future earnings, not knowing what's going to happen in the future. So, you know, and, and we've moved on from doing home parties. We now do virtual parties and social selling. So it's almost become like an induction into the brand where people come to sort of an Anne Summers party whether that be at home or on zoom or wherever before they actually go into the store um so it's yeah it's 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 been really exciting and interesting to see how it's how it's grown over the last year yeah you must be so proud it's given so many women that independence like you say to go out there and be self-employed and it's something you can do like whether you've got a family at home like you can do it in the evenings it's so good such a good idea. My mum used to say to me, she'd be like, oh, yeah, I've got a, what was it, like a candle party. Because they used to do all different things. Yeah. So it's such a good yeah. idea to jump on it and do it with sex toys and lingerie when women would feel at ease, have a glass of wine with all their girlfriends. It's like the perfect concept. Oh, absolutely. So as successful as Anne Summers was, I read that within the first year, there was up to 500 party planners up and down the country um, so that's amazing. It took off. It was a real success. But I imagine because of the, I don't know, because it was sexual and like not really heard of back then, women taking control of their sexuality and talking about their pleasure, I bet you had a lot of backlash and judgment. How did you cope with that? Yeah, it was really difficult because I was only 21 at the time. Um, and, you know, there were so few business women then. Um, and I looked a lot younger for my age and I just and I was doing something, you know, really um, uh, groundbreaking, I suppose. It, you know, it was revolutionary and it was just something that women didn't do. I mean, I I can tell you so many stories. I mean, I, I remember getting in a taxi um, at the station and asking him to take me to our head office. And when I got there, he said, you're not going in there, are you? And I said, well, yes, I am. Oh, you know what goes on in there. 
said, no, tell me. I mean, men especially really just, you know, I think, and it was like councils and um, it was it was more men actually than women because I think women were being liberated. I mean, I remember going to a restaurant and somebody saying to me, I suppose, you, you know, I asked for my dessert and he said, I suppose you want a banana with that. I'm like, oh. really? This is so cringe. Um, but, you know, probably one of the, you know, I mean, I've been arrested twice as well. I was, I was arrested. Um, you obviously didn't know that. <laughs> I was arrested the first time was in Bristol when I, I had this stand at the Women's World Exhibition and um, the police arrested me and, and said that I was running a sex shop without a licence, which... I wasn't. I said, I'm not. I've got product on display. It's for people to come and look at if they want to. And he basically said, look, we're pressing charges unless you take down your stand. And I sort of went back to my my stand and I thought, do you know what? I'm not going to take it down. I know what I'm doing. I believed in it. I felt it was it was right. You know, this was equality. This was giving it was just empowering. I've, that's all I've ever wanted to do is empower women in the bedroom and luckily they didn't come back but I think it's been that sort of um you know that determination I guess in me that's that's really helped me overcome those situations yeah well thank god you did have that determination and was that stubborn with it because I feel like people get scared when it's something they don't know or it hasn't been done before so they probably saw a young successful woman liberating so many other women and they're like I don't like this. This is out of the norm. This is new. This hasn't been done. And I don't know, guys get funny about sex toys anyway. So let alone when you've introduced this party where no men are allowed. I bet they hated it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they, some of them did. Um, but I mean, this gen, you know, the generation now is luckily is a totally different attitude. Um, and I think they're, you know, mu- you know, much more accepting. And like you said, you go in with your partner and um, choose things together. It's, you know, a totally different atmosphere. Yeah, 100%. So as well as getting arrested, I read that this story, you have to tell it, but this just really shows how narrow-minded people were back then and how taboo women enjoying pleasure was back then. And you received a bullet in the post. Please, can you tell us the story? Because this is just like something from a film. I know, I know. Um, well, it was back in 1999. Um, I wanted to open a store in Dublin. Um, we were doing parties out there were just going through the roof. They were better, you know, fantastic sales. And I thought, you know, we've got to open a store there. If parties are doing real, really well, then the stores will. So um, I wanted to open a store on O'Connell Street, um, which was right opposite the BPO um, building, which... Um, you know, it was quite a controversial location, but, you know, it was, I just knew it was going to be a success. And then it all blew up in the Irish press. There was lots of negativity. Um, I had the, the Dublin like council equivalent of our council. Um, I persuaded them to come over and meet me. I showed them our stores. And then when we come to have the meeting in the afternoon, um, in the boardroom, there was two of them, actually, Alan and Kieran. And, Kieran was sitting next to me and he's going, you know, I love sex, you know, and I'm like, I really don't want to hear about your sex life. Yeah, it was like they were playing good cop, bad cop. And then his colleague, Alan, 
couldn't even look at me in the face, was just sort of looking dead straight across the room. You know, I'm saying, look, we're trying to empower women. And um, I then realised that no matter what I said, they'd come on a mission, you know, they had their own agenda. And I said, look, whatever I say, it's not going to change your view, is it? And they, they got up and they said, look, if you go ahead and open this store, we can't be held responsible for what might happen to you, which was quite chilling um, as they left. So about a week before I opened the store, um, I did receive a, a bullet through the, um, through the post with a nasty, threatening letter. Obviously nothing to do with them, but obviously... You know, anybody would forgive me, I'm sure, for thinking, do I go ahead with this store opening? And I thought, you know what, I've got to. This is what I believe in. So I went over to Ireland. I've never done any TV before or any interviews. And then there's this show called The Late Late Show, which I think is almost got like a cult following in Ireland. And they invited me on their show. And I was obviously quite nervous. And I it was live, like a live audience. And um, I went on the show and sort of sat, sat down at uh, like the, the interviewer's desk and I looked into the audience and, of course, who should I see sitting right at the front of the stage? But it was Alan and Kieran. And I thought, oh, my God, I've been set up. I thought, I've been set up here. This is awful. Anyway, Alan got, um, Alan got up and he's doing what, you know, politicians do, beating his chest and shouting off about how wrong it was. And I'm thinking, my heart is jumping out my chest. And then it came to me and I just sort of said what I said to you, really. And, you know, we, we're trying to empower women. And I sort of went through all of that. And um, it was amazing. Then some of the women in the audience started standing up and it was like sort of tiered. And the women at the back are pointing down at the councillors at the front going, don't you tell us where we can and can't shop. I'm thinking, yeah, wow, this is amazing. And despite having, they served us a writ to close the store. And despite having this writ, we had 10,000 people sign our petition on the first day of opening. We won the court case and um, our our store is now on the uh, Irish tour, the Dublin tour route, on the bus tour route, which for me is like, that's definitely super success. But Dublin store is actually in one of our top five performing stores, so... Yeah, it all turned out great in the end. Thank God you were so brave and trusted your gut. Honestly, that is mad. I can't believe they come to the show as well and started shouting abuse. (laughs) So I wanted to ask you as well, like this climate, obviously a lot of people have lost their jobs or been furloughed or made redundant. And I think you're such an incredible businesswoman. I wanted to pick your brain and ask you a few tips. So... Like we said, it was quite shy growing up, but obviously you've overcome that. So do you have any like top tips for when you go on, whether you go into a boardroom or even if it's on Zoom, an important meeting, what would you do to really like prepare before you had the meeting? Um, so I think if you're, you know, you're starting a business and a lot of people are because, you know, they've reevaluated their priorities and, um, and maybe they're uncertain about their jobs and they're thinking about doing something that they've always wanted to do. So I think definitely look for the opportunities in this new norm that we're going to be facing. Definitely look for those opportunities and make sure that your idea is unique and that it stands out from the crowd. I also think I, I mentioned earlier about making sure that you do something that you're passionate about 
and I think if you are going to do a pitch like I did, it's it's really very much about, you know, really preparing beforehand and actually, you know, pitching to a friend or somebody else because, you know, it's important to practice beforehand and just be really comfortable with it because, you know, if you do it to your partner or your best friend or whoever, they they might actually ask you questions that you hadn't thought of. And it's about when you do things like that, this, about, you know, when you're trying to get something from somebody or you might just be trying to, you know, ring jo- contact John Lewis and get them to stop your product or your idea or develop your idea even. You know, I think it's it's back to that stepping outside your comfort zone, just being as, as prepared as you can be and remember to put yourself in their shoes and look at it from their point of view and think about what they want from this as well. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I feel like you get to a point where you are so passionate, it kind of takes over any nerves will kind of go to the back and you'll just be focused on really doing the best you can. I also feel like a lot of successful people have daily routines. Like you hear about celebrities and like actors and actresses like getting up and doing like an hour of meditation and going on these long runs and eating certain foods. Do you think... Do you, what's your daily routine? Do you think having a strict kind of regime helps you stay focused? Yeah, I think it does. I think, I mean, obviously I'm working through lockdown, uh, working from home. And I think whether you're working or not, I think a routine is a really good idea. First thing in the morning, I get up at seven. I take my dogs. I've got two little shih tzus. I take for a dog walk. I try to go to the gym a couple of times a week, but I always do it in the morning. If I do it later it sort of doesn't happen so it just sort of sets me up for the day and I also prep my meals for the day uh, so that again when I'm tired in the evening I haven't got to like chop onions and whatever so it's it's I've just got to cook it and then after work I'll go and run myself a really nice salt bath with lavender oil and I think and sometimes I'll meditate as well I just think those things that make you feel good and help relax you. You know, we're all feeling stress right now. It's really difficult. We've all got uncertainty or we're under work pressure if we're working. Um, it's really important to look after our well-being and, um, you know, take care of ourselves. Yeah, really put yourself first. And a lot of prep, it sounds like. Prep in the morning and then by the evening you can chill in your lavender bath with a glass of wine. I love yeah. it. <laughs> So I read that you met your husband at your 40th birthday and he's 17 years your junior, which can I just say, absolute icon. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) But do you find it hard to juggle family life and your career, especially now Anne Summers is so big and so successful? Well, first of all, just going back to my husband, because we've been together 20 years. um, I forget, actually, that he's a lot younger than me. Uh, But I think it's about, you know, whether they're younger or older or the same age it's about sharing the same values you know we really do and I I, you know I think that's what is the success to a long-lasting relationship Um, and I think finding time for your family I mean I have an 11 year old um, and obviously my husband as well and the dogs and what have you I just think I think it's it's important to to make time in your diary, if you're working, that is, because I'm so busy. And I know this sounds a bit like organised fun, so forgive me for that. But I think if I plot it in my diary, then it happens, you know. And it's a bit like goals. If you write your goals down, you're more likely to achieve them. And that's really how I make sure I get that work-life balance. 
you know, I do allow time for myself and my daughter and my family. And I just, you know, it's about getting that balance right. Yeah. So key advice there to make sure we get a diary, write things down and make a list of our goals. It really does help, though. I have to do it, especially now in lockdown where there's no kind of structure. I don't have much on in the day. If I don't write down my list of tasks to do, I don't end up doing it. I'm watching Come Dine With Me on TV for two hours. (laughs) (laughs) So did you find that at the beginning of starting Anne Summers, obviously when it was just picking up and you was pitching or telling the girls how to do these parties, did you feel feel it was hard to prioritise relationships back then, even if it's like just with your friends or seeing like your parents or whatever? How did you find that at the beginning? Because I think that's a really crucial time when you're just starting a business. Yeah, and that's a really good point because, you know, it's good to learn from, you know, mistakes that I've made along the way. I've I'm in my second marriage now so I I was I got married far too young I the first time I was only 20 and I was a workaholic and I became so focused on my work that I just didn't allow myself to have fun and I think you know it is I've always said I've lived my life backwards because I'm you know I had my daughter when I was 48 and I'm I went out to parties with my friends when I was much older so um, I haven't missed out really, but I do wish that, you know, I'd been a bit more relaxed when I was younger. And I think that it can be a bit intense. And I, I didn't have, you know, one of the things that I would be uh, advising and, and I didn't have when I was younger is having a mentor. And I think it's really good if if you're working, you know, hard in your career or you're starting a business that you get yourself a mentor and you network and you find support groups because there's so much amazing valuable advice out there now that wasn't available when I was starting out yeah that's so true I guess on like social media as well it could really help people if there's like groups and communities on there and definitely and there's going to be brilliant podcasts and you know there's a, a you know Holly Tucker for example she does a fantastic podcast for small businesses and I'm sure there's influencers as well. So there's so much more available. You've just you know got to search for it. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on here. I've really enjoyed our chat. And you're honestly, I could talk to you for hours. You're so interesting. Oh, thank uh, you, Megan. Can I just give one more tip? One last tip? Of course, yeah. And that is, you know, whether you're in, whether you're, um, you're reviewing your career or climbing the ladder or whether you're thinking of starting your own business... As women, I know what it's like. We all have those days when we have uh, wobbles. And I think one of the things I did when I was younger was I I wrote an email to myself of all the amazing things that I've achieved in my life and all the amazing things I've achieved in my career and, and my personal life. And um, If you're going to do networking where you feel a bit nervous or you're going to that important meeting... Um, or you're doing some public speaking, anything like that, which, you know, makes you feel wobbly, then just read back your email to yourself and just remind yourself how awesome you really are. It is so powerful. That is such a good idea. I think people forget, especially when you're preoccupied or you've got something, you always think of like, what could go wrong? You don't think of, hold on a minute, what have I achieved so far? And I think that's something that's really valuable and I'll definitely be doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. It's been such a joy talking to you, Megan. Good luck with everything you're doing, lovely. Oh, thank you. It's been lovely speaking. And you. 
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, please rate five stars and leave a review. And be sure to subscribe so you get next week's episode as soon as it lands. And remember, for the best experience, make sure you listen on the Entel app. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.